is up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Thursday, August 12th, the preseason officially beginning now. I mean, a Hall of Fame game, but today, tonight, we get some preseason action. All weekend long, we get some preseason action, and we are in the thick of things for fantasy football purposes. Yesterday on the pod, a good one. If you didn't happen to catch it, go back and listen, because I identified the Middle round running backs, I'm targeting in fantasy football drafts. I recommend you target as well. We're shooting for a higher ceiling. Remember, that's the objective. Ceiling over floor. I do think it's really important to be aggressive in fantasy football drafts. If you are going to play things safe, well, you're going to safely finish third or fourth in your league. You're going to be okay, but you're not going to take down your leagues very often because taking down a fantasy football league, A, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. You can have the best team in your league and still not win. You run into a bad week in the playoffs. But you can negate that a little bit by giving yourself as high a ceiling as possible. Instead of going safe, go after the high ceiling. Now, of course, when we get into the season, it's really the opposite mindset, right? We're not going aggressive AF every single week. Balls to the wall, bro. We're not doing that. We're actually making more conservative, high-percentage plays during uh, the regular season. But right now, don't be conservative. Just go after it. Grip it and rip it. So today, we're going to talk about some wide receivers to target in the middle rounds and, and even into the late rounds. Honestly, there aren't late-round running backs. like The Rashad Pennies of the world, whoopity-doo. Uh, honestly, you know he's a cuff, and that's cool. But I'm not really targeting a guy like that. However, there are late-round wideouts who I think we can certainly go after. And again, we're going to target ceiling over floor. However, there's there's value sometimes in higher floor receivers that, that we just simply can't pass up. You know, that's really what it all comes down to. If a player is on the bar, board for too long, maybe they're not the sexiest player. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you uh, one or two of them in, in round six, seven who might be available to you. You don't have to get oohs and ahs when you put the sticker on the draft board. You don't have to get a nice pick, bro. You don't have to, ooh, you snipe me or something like that to put together a good team. Sexy isn't always great, honestly. It really isn't. So sometimes these unsexy guys, if they're a good value, I go after them. I definitely go after them. So again... First five rounds, early rounds, the objective is simple. Drafting the best possible players, uh, not reaching, not locking yourself into positions, trying to scoop whatever value's there because your opponents are going to leave value on the board, and trying to minimize as much risk as possible. You're never going to be able to eliminate risk. That's just a part of the game. But you do want to minimize the risk on your roster. I'm not saying risk with a particular player, but a risky roster construction uh, or you know, uh, drafting a player earlier than he should, you're not minimizing risk, right? So that's the objective there. We've talked about that ad nauseum. When we make that turn into the middle rounds, and, and I'm going to group these in basically uh, two round bunches, so round six, seven, there's still plenty of guys on the board who are right on the edge of wide receiver two territory. Like that's how deep the value spills and it very likely will spill in your home league draft. So here's the players who I think are targets in this range. You have both Denver receivers and I won't necessarily give these guys an order. You can move the orders around. You can of course use my draft board over at ftnfantasy.com promo code ratpack. 
You can definitely do whatever you'd like there. But I think this is like, you know, a, a sort of a, a tier grouping, if you will, of, of wide receivers in this range. So both Denver guys, Adam Thielen, Odell Beckham, Juju, uh, Debo Samuel, and um, I have Robbie Anderson at the very tail end of this. Anderson, I don't love Anderson. I don't hate Anderson. I want DJ Moore in that group, but Anderson still has some juice. And of course, hey, he's a Temple Al. So what do you want from me? But the player who I was alluding to earlier, who is a higher floor player, doesn't necessarily have the massive bang for your buck, but could be a pretty darn good value is Adam Thielen. Now, he's getting up there in age, but he's not past his expiration date in redraft. In in Dynasty, if you didn't trade Adam Thielen already, do it if you can. Get what you can for him. But in redraft, yeah, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. And by the way, I keep I treat a keeper league like a, like a redraft. You know, the objective is to win this year. It's not to win next year. It's to win this year. So treat it, treat it basically the same. So with Thielen, I'm not going to pass up on a value in a sixth round. If this dude's my fourth wide receiver, you know, let's say I, I end up, you know, sort of going down a punt RB2 pathway where I go RB in a first round, second, third, fourth round is uh, is essentially wide outs, maybe fifth round I do go back to running back if there's really good value on the board. I don't mind Adam Thielen as my flex because that's basically what it is. You're putting together a really strong team if you go that approach. Now, there are some polarizing guys here. Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr. is is the top of the list, but you don't have to pay for Odell this year. And I've said numerous times on this podcast in the build-up to the fantasy football draft season that I don't think he's gotten a fair shake. You know, I really don't. We, we're basing our take on Odell Beckham Jr. on a year with Freddie Kitchens as the head coach, and that was a disaster. And then seven weeks into the COVID season with a new head coach, with no offseason, basically, no real offseason, no football. So I, I, I'm not I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, and by the way, like you're paying a six-round pick for him. If he's there in the sixth round, he may not be. He may go in the fifth round. And that's fine. Just like I said yesterday, if some of these guys go earlier, cool. We'll look at somebody else. There's always somebody else. There's always somebody else. The Denver guys are interesting, but quarterback situation could be a problem. Uh, Juju, high floor, low ceiling. Debo, high ceiling, low floor. Same with Robbie Anderson in this group. So it really depends on the type of player you want. I usually opt for the higher ceiling guy, like I said. But if Thielen's staring me in the face, you know, it'd be hard to pass on him as well in this range. So early in the middle rounds, we have a lot of value right away. Lots of potential with those guys, but you know what? There's still even more potential as we get later into the middle round, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go into rounds eight and nine. So at this point, you would think, especially like when you compare it to running back, that the value might fall off pretty dramatically, but I don't think it does. In rounds eight and nine, you're still taking shots on guys who some of them might even have top 20 potential, but certainly are wide receiver threes, and you're drafting them as maybe your fifth wide receiver. So that's the beauty to wide out this year. It's the beauty to people uh, who are going after running back early and often, and that's a great point to just take on board. When people say to me, Jeff, you don't get it. Running backs go like crazy in the beginning. It's like, okay, then zig while they're zagging. If running backs are going like crazy in the beginning of your draft, that means wide receivers are falling like crazy and you're getting players in rounds where they shouldn't be. So you're you're definitely 
putting together a roster is going to be very different than the rest of your league. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. In fact, it's probably a, a much better approach to to really capitalize on on the trends. When there's a run, for every run that happens in a fantasy football draft, value falls. So there you go. So here's the players I have in this round. Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, LaVisca Chenault, Brandon Cooks, Devontae Smith, DJ Chark, and Curtis Samuel. Both Chark and Samuel are banged up right now. I would probably have them a little bit higher, but that's a product of the injuries. I'm still willing to take a shot on an injured player at this point. You know, because the return on investment, the fact that I very likely don't need them to start for me in the beginning of the season, all of that would make me inclined to do so. Uh, but we have, uh, you know, a couple breakout candidates here in Chenault and Smith. Chenault, uh, as of now, I'm drafting ahead of Chark, but I do think fully healthy. Chark is, is the better bet to lead the team in fantasy scoring, maybe not in targets, though. That still could be Chenault. Uh, Cooks, his uh, his future is is very much up in the air because Deshaun Watson and all of that. I don't know if Watson's going to play. I have no freaking clue. As of right now, he's fourth on the depth chart. And who knows? Who knows what is going to happen there? But there's still obviously a lot of potential with the number one. If you're getting a number one in round eight or nine, not a bad thing. Will Fuller, same thing. He's going to be the number one very likely. Yes, he misses week one, but who cares? Uh, Tyler Boyd's an interesting one. So I had somebody yesterday. So over at FTNFantasy.com, we put up an article. It is my top 100 half-point PPR rankings. So if you're not a subscriber, it's a free article. You can check it out. It's not an in-depth. There's no text to it or anything. It's really just a list of my rankings. But you can go check it out. It is not in the rankings area. Okay? It is an actual article. So you have to like go to my... Uh, my author profile, and then you'll see all the content from me. You'll see it on the front page. Just click on my my face, and then you go from there. Anyway, I had somebody say like, oh, you're hating on Boyd. And it's like, well, you know, here's the thing. I like Tyler Boyd, but you're telling me you want Tyler Boyd more than you want T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? Yeah, obviously not. Obviously not. So we can't rank all of them as like top 25 guys. There's just not enough meat on the bone to sustain all of that fantasy production. So there has to be an odd man out. And for me, invariably, the odd man out is going to be the guy who sees the lowest ADOT targets. And that means, if you don't know that, that means the guy who's targeted closest to the line of scrimmage. It's the slot receiver. It's Tyler Boyd. So it's not a hate. I actually dig him. I'll scoop him for value if he's there. But I am a realist with all of this as well. All right, so now we get into round 10 and 11. And uh, I do have a pretty laundry list here. And I want to actually kind of give thoughts on on each of these guys. Why, well, one in particular, the guy who leads the, the pack here is lower than he is being drafted. So let's go into it. Antonio Brown, haha, that's the guy. Mike Williams, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, Devontae Parker, Michael Pittman, and Rashad Bateman, who of course is hurt right now. Uh, Antonio Brown is lower on my list for one simple reason. He is the number three receiver in Tampa Bay. Okay, it's a good offense, but here's the problem. And we saw this multiple times last year when Brown was on the field. If they go heavy 12 personnel, Brown is going to play about 40 to 50% of the snaps. So 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. Brown ain't going to be out there. And it, I don't care who you are. 40 to 50% of the snaps, you are not getting enough reps to be viable for fantasy purposes. So I'm letting somebody else draft Antonio Brown. 
I would much rather Chris Godwin, who you can get <laughs> at a really good value. I just got him as a 20th wideout off the board. I got about uh, like close to a full round of value on him last weekend. Much rather go that route with the guy who I know is going to be on the field, or Mike Evans, uh, who obviously is going the highest out of the three of them. Then taking even Anthony, Antonio Brown, I know you might say, well, isn't it good in the, in the eighth round or whatever? Yeah, I guess, but I, I don't want that headache. Mike Williams, speaking of headache, if he can ever you know put it all together. Corey Davis could be the number one receiver there for the Jets, so fine to take in round 10 if he's there, and he has been. It's pretty crazy. Jarvis, I just don't like the ceiling of Jarvis, and that's why he's lower on my board. Gallup has a high ceiling but a very low floor. Parker could could be intriguing. I mean, there is a world where Parker still is the number one receiver for the Dolphins. Uh, then Pittman, more and more reports out there about Carson Wentz being back in week one, so that's favorable. Now, Rashad Bateman, I do have to point this out. People were freaking out at the NBC Sports Edge, formerly Roto World blurb, uh, about Bateman being out for weeks. It was a John Harbaugh quote, and it was paraphrased. Well, not paraphrased, but it was only taken part of the quote in the, the blurb over there because they have only so much space. So I always recommend getting the whole quote. What he really said is he's got a soft tissue leg issue. It's going to be weeks, a number of weeks. So I don't know how many. It's not going to be months, but it will be weeks. So we'll see where we're at. So you know what? Let Rashad Bateman fall down the board. I'm going to take him in the late rounds all day long. He's a prime target. Rounds 12 and 13, Russell Gage, Henry Ruggs, McCole Hartman, Jalen Waddell, Marquise Brown. I really don't love this range. I've taken Ruggs the most out of this group. Russell Gage is not replacing Julio Jones. Let's be clear about that. If anybody's replacing him, it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, McCole Hartman, I'll believe he's a true three-down wideout when I see it. Jalen Waddell's banged up. Marquise Brown's banged up. Rounds 14 to 16, rounding it out here. Michael Thomas, Jalen Rager, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Paris Campbell, and then either Marquez Callaway or Traquan Smith, whatever side of the fence you are. On with that one. I'm on the Callaway side of the fence now. I do think Callaway is worth a dart in the late rounds, but that also brings me back to Michael Thomas. I have him all the way down here because I am not 100% certain he ever plays for the Saints again. Uh, and certainly he could land on Pup as well. So basically, this is a statement. I'm not saying, oh, Michael Thomas is going to be there in round 14. He ain't. He's Somebody else going to draft him. But you know what? I'm not the person who's drafting him. That's the point. That's why I put him down here on my board. You can adjust that way on your own boards uh, if there are players who just simply don't value the same as everybody else. It's, it's that simple. You know, you don't have to overthink this stuff. I like Rager, but, you know, obviously I'm not going to prioritize him too much. If he's around, I'll shoot for upside with him. I like both the Moors, the two rookies, for lots of juice there as well. And the news that Carson Wentz should be back by week one or week two, honestly, that, that makes Paris Campbell at least slightly appealing there in the late rounds. So these are the receivers I'm attacking in the middle and the late rounds. That's the approach. Upside, baby. Upside. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Remember, head on over to ftnfantasy.com. You can get my draft plan. You can get the, the draft guide, rankings, projections, everything. Promo code RADPACK for a discount because I like discounts, and I'm sure you do as well. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Slide into those Instagram DMs. I see you guys. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and you know what? I'm out.